Hey guys, we're not talking about the NBA anymore because football's back. This is the Shakedown. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 26 of The Shakedown. I am Austin Stevens. With me this week... I am your host, Dan Schweizer. And I'm not your host, Dylan Webster. Dan, I've realized the only reason that you are the host (coughs) is because you're never going to miss an episode because Dylan needs your recording (laughs) equipment. I mean... That's true. I do host Dylan at my house every week, so yeah, I am the like, only one here that is hosting anyone. Well, it's not like I can host you at my house because you have a baby now. That's true. Yeah. You missed your opportunity to be the host. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but now here's the, so you're taking a half sabbatical, basically. Yeah, semi sabbatical. Yeah, so you'll be doing parts of episodes and then spending time with your family like a chump, um, but. S- since you're doing that you nerd does that mean that two half episodes only equal one whole episode no, and missing no, two half episodes no because i'm still missing a full I'm still on the episode he's like he's like a special guest appearance he's like uh when jonathan taylor thomas came back for episodes of home improvement yeah okay or you could that be like sense. or you could be one of the the guest people on Weekend Update on SNL. There you go. That. I was going to say, I'm like, you be like for Grace when he left that 70s show, but he kept like being on the phone on that 70s show. Yeah, but you didn't really hear him. Oh, that's true. He didn't. Yeah, he was just, they made references to him. But All right. anyway, we're getting off topic because we're talking about <laughs> TV shows and we're not a TV show. No, so we're uh, we're we're mixing it up, and we're opening with the sports. Yeah, as yes. our as our opening alluded to, it's all we're talking about this week. We went sports crazy, or we just didn't prepare anything else for the other segments. But let's talk about sports. Yeah. Um, well, not not much happened in the other stuff. It's true, and a lot it's happened kind of in sports because football came back. So, yes, football. And we are all football fans. So what we're going to open with real quick like is everyone remembers a year ago when the world lost their minds because Colin Kaepernick knelt during the well, well, national first, anthem. Well, first he sat. Sure. And then to try first to appease the public, he, he kneeled. Um, well, it was noticed this past week week that Marshawn Lynch sat during the national anthem uh, and everyone was like oh my gosh now he's doing it too and Jack Del Rio the Raiders coach spoke to him about it after the game Marshawn Lynch has been sitting during the national anthem for the past 11 years which is basically his entire NFL career what he's pretty much always sat out the national anthem while he's been how, in the NFL. How have we never noticed this? No one because it was ever, never a thing. No like, one ever paid any attention because I don't know, I guess it was just Marshawn Lynch being Marshawn Lynch. They they were like, oh, he does that thing. He 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 sits during the anthem and he doesn't talk to media. Because no one saw it as a political stance. They just saw it as Marshawn being lazy and not wanting to stand. Yep. Conserving That's his true. energy for the game, which <laughs> I mean, that's probably part of it, but he also does have the political stance with it. Like, it's the same message as Colin Kaepernick. The only difference is Marshawn is a lot more highly regarded as an athlete. So I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal, but it's just... Dan, you pointed out to me that he has done it for 11 years. I hadn't read that yet. Yeah. So I just did a little bit of quick research, and yeah, he's been doing it for 11 years. It's just just what he does yeah and him and jack dillero talked about and he goes i know you want us to stand to honor the flag but this is and i respect you for doing that as a man you just gotta respect me for doing it my way and they both said you know what that's fine yeah del rio said i i would prefer people to stand but it is your choice as a man to sit and i respect your 
ability to make that decision. And as it was discussed last year with Kaepernick, the NFL doesn't require players to stand for the national anthem. It's true. It doesn't. They yeah. never never specifies they have to stand or anything. So they can choose to do whatever they want during that time. If they want to still go through warm-up drills, they can. But it's just <clears throat> it's just one of those things where it's frowned upon if you don't, but I think teams are going to have to understand that you have a lot of players now that are wanting to take a stand by sitting. I still don't uh, support this choice um, by any players. I don't either. However, I do find it rather entertaining that Marshawn Lynch was doing it for 11 years and no one paid any mind, but Colin Kaepernick did it and it was like, whoa. Yeah, that's a Don't bit ridiculous. Don't put him on an NFL team. <clears throat> well, yeah. I mean, there's a slight difference between somebody who's already on your team and someone who you would potentially hire. Well, it was just kind of like the. It was just for Kaepernick. It was just kind of bad timing because yeah. he started doing it and then he started to play horribly. Well, yeah. There was all already. He started doing it like shortly after the beginning of the preseason, and there was yeah. already talk about them potentially benching him be- because he wasn't performing well. And before he started doing it, there was talk <clears throat> of them potentially cutting him. So then it looked like, oh, he's doing this as a as a stunt so that they can't fire him because it'll look like. They did it because of this. But in all fairness, it's not a stunt for him. Like, he's no, been active not. in the community for years. And that's <clears throat> the thing a lot of the people said. Like, oh, he's just doing this because he wants to make a name for himself because he's now playing bad and he's not getting starts. And it's like, no, he's been active in the community. This isn't a ploy for attention. This is just, it, it just all came out. And it's just kind of bad timing on his part for how it went down like he didn't like it, he just happened to do it the year that they talked about cutting him and uh trading him and you know all this and that mm-hmm. and he just started playing badly and now it's led to him not getting really any offers for teams because they just don't want to do they just don't want to deal with the backlash from the fan base but, yeah but i don't yeah because i mean i mean it did like studies show that it did affect like the team's perception and the NFL's perception from fans? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. viewership dropped off immensely, yeah, which is kind of crazy, but like, I, I also get it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the whole like people don't want politics in their sports, yeah, yeah, yeah. people don't want their people don't want politics in a lot of stuff. They don't want yeah. it in sports. They don't want it in music. They don't want it in <clears throat> movies, uh, movies, TV shows. Like they watch these things to get away from the political stuff and all the other crap that we have to deal with on a daily basis now. Which is why they're going to stop listening to our podcast if we don't move along. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Austin's mom's going to stop listening to us. Uh, no. Probably. You know what I found out today? My mom doesn't listen to us. You know her reason? She can't figure out how to download a podcast app. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, okay. And then I remembered, Mom, you just got an iPhone. It comes with a podcast app. Oh. <laughs> so, so, uh, Mom. so uh, I'll just have to teach her how to use her, her iPhone. There you go. Um, or don't, and then we can just smack talk her behind her back, and she'll never know. <laughs> we we have our opportunity. <laughs> um, let's see. Next up on the list is talking about the Bears preseason opener, right? Bears preseason opener. I didn't uh, watch it. I don't have any more input for this episode, so I'm gonna leave you on this. Uh, if you'd like what? to contact us, go ahead and send us an email at shakedownpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter or Facebook at the Shakedown Pod. You can also find us on our website, darknebulaentertainment.com, under the Shakedown tab. We have all of our episodes there. Uh, so 
I'm out. Stay tuned next week. We're going to have a special surprise for you. Guys, don't ruin that surprise because that's how things become not surprises is if you ruin That's them. a good point. All right, we will try not to ruin that surprise. But uh, So Dan's going to okay. sabbatical his way out of here. I'm just going to okay. do the sabbatical and then, shuffle. And sabbatical. Well, all right, um, while he's doing that, my my wife has just walked up here. And so my setup is I use my camera boom um, as my microphone. So I have it hooked up on my camera sitting in front of me. And my wife has walked up here and wants the camera to use it as a telescope because she thinks there's a spider in the top corner of our house. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I now have to change my rigging. <laughs> there we go. All right, I'm just gonna have to hold the mic then. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man. Go ahead. Do I need to show you how to work the camera now? The lens cap is on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dylan, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, uh, for those of you that are not, were not aware, uh, the Bears had their preseason opener against the Denver Broncos on Thursday night. I wasn't able to watch the entire game because I was working at the time, but I was able to catch uh, a few plays here and there. Uh, I did yeah, me too. I did watch the beginning of the game, and I was sitting next to someone at the bar at work, and we were both talking about, oh, I, wonder, I wonder if they're going to look any better this year. And then, of course, on the second play of the game, Mike Glennon throws an interception to Chris Harris Jr. that is immediately returned for a touchdown. That's about right. And I was like, they're picking up right where they left off. So I went. It's only fitting that the first touchdown of the year for the Bears is a pick six the other way. Yes. Against them. <laughs> and then you move on to the next series, and it's third down, and they snap the ball way over Glennon's head. And <sighs> then Denver recovers that, and just like, oh my God, two series, and he's got two turnovers. This is just, this is bad. This is yeah. horrible. Like, there's. There's, I, I was like, whatever, I'm going in the kitchen. And and then I came out, and I saw that... Uh, actually, I checked my phone, because I get the updates on ESPN, on the ESPN app, and I saw that Trubisky had led them on a two-minute drive near the end of the first half, where he completed four of four passes and got a touchdown. And I thought, all right, that's not a bad start for the rookie. Mm-hmm. He not only did, went four for four and got a touchdown on a two-minute drive, he went 10 for 10 in his first 10 passes. That's pretty impressive. Like, And I was able to watch a little bit here and there, and then I went back and watched uh, the film on just his th- just his plays for the game. He, yeah. he has got such poise as an NFL quarterback right now. Like, they were sending the house at him. They were sending four, five, six guys at him. And he... I, there was one point I think they sent seven. I think they sent seven and just had four back to cover, and he's just standing there like it's no big deal. And he's finding open receivers, like, and he's sta- he's standing tall in the pocket. He's not just running around. Uh, he did look good on some bootleg passes. Uh, the one he the one touchdown he threw to Victor Cruz, he was running and threw across his body and hit him perfectly, and just oh, I I was very impressed with how he worked. Like it, it just looked like he'd been doing it for years. So, oh, yeah, uh, he did look really good. Uh, I think it was Dan. I was talking to Dan, I think on Friday, and he said that his adjusted completion percentage was 90%. Yeah, because there were a few drops in there. Yeah, so like drop passes, batted balls, and uh, throwaways, uh, spiked balls. Yeah, there were, he had two spikes, uh, two drop passes, and I think one throwaway. So, really, he only had two incompletions. Yeah, so that's, for his first NFL game, that's really good. Yeah. And the argument I kept hearing was, oh, well, he's just playing against, you know, a third-string defense. I'm like, yeah, but he's also playing with third-stringers for the Bears. Like, he's playing with guys on the offensive line that aren't going to make the team. He's throwing to receivers that are on the bubble, and he's playing with running backs that – I mean, you, I mean, he had uh, Tariq Cohen and Benny Cunningham who were probably going to make the team, 
But still, like, you have linemen in front of you that aren't going to make the roster, and he's finding ways to make plays. So I was very, yeah. I was very impressed with him and how he worked. And, I, uh, and then, of course, you have all the meathead fans now. There's just like, oh, Trubisky should be the starter. And these are probably the same people. They're like, why did we trade up to get Trubisky? <laughs> yeah. I was like. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> There's a big problem with that, though, because Trubisky only started in college his senior year. Yeah. So, like, he doesn't have the starting experience that, like, Deshaun Watson would have. Right. Which he's pretty much got the, the starting job almost on lockdown over there. I, where even that's the Bears, Even that's know, not a given for Watson because DeAndre Hopkins, the team's leading wide receiver, has come out and said Tom Savage should be the starter. Uh, so yeah, that makes it a little difficult. Yeah, but it makes it difficult when your leading receiver doesn't want you. But if you go out and play the game, like that's that's just how it is. At the end of the day, you have to go out and play, and whoever's better is going to get the job. Right? Yeah. Right now for the Bears, though, I think even if Trubisky lights up everybody, like even if you get him first team reps and he lights up an NFL defense, I still think you have to start Glenn in Week One strictly because you need to stick to the plan that you had. Where you don't throw Trubisky to the wolves right away. Yeah, he needs the <laughs> experience in a backup spot. If it, it's not a great starter, like if he was behind, you know, Aaron Rodgers or yeah. or Brady, like that would be a, a lot better. But I mean, just the fact that he can stand on the sideline during a real NFL game and watch a starter, and maybe he's not even watching the Bears starter. Maybe he's watching. The opposing team's (laughs) starting quarterback and learning from them. But just that he can stand there and learn how to be a starter for at least the first half. I honestly think that if this trend continues, which it's only the first preseason game, so you really can't judge a lot from it. Yeah. But if it continues, I say the Bears have their bye week smack in the middle of the season. Trubisky starts week 10. Yeah, the their bye week is week nine. Uh, the next preseason game they have coming up is against the Arizona Cardinals, which is another team that's very deep and uh, defensively. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how he does against them. Plus, going up against Bruce Arians, who's very a very smart defensive coach and finds ways to rattle QBs. So that'll be interesting to see how they match how he matches up against them. Uh, then they played the Tennessee Titans in the third game, which is usually the game where you see the starters more often because you're trying to get them ready for the season. Right, and then week four they have Cleveland. So I I would love to see him just tear the Browns apart. That would be amazing. Plus, you'll have the matchup of the number one uh, pick Miles Garrett against the number two pick Mitch Trubisky. Mm, yeah. So that'll be interesting. That'd be fun to see. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch. And then also a matchup probably rookie quarterbacks into Sean Kaiser and Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Do they play the Browns in the regular season when it actually matters? Um, I don't believe they do oh actually they do week 16 oh nice on christmas so yeah trubisky on, on christmas eve and by All then right. it will pro- and by then it may be a deshaun kaiser and mitch trubisky matchup yeah he'll be starting by then because we'll be i i definitely think two and i definitely whatever. think uh deshaun kaiser will be starting by then because the browns will always go through their quarterback rotation i think well, yeah I, I mean i think they'll be i think they'll be sick of osweiler uh, Kessler will probably be hurt, and then they'll just go with Kaiser. Yeah. But, so yeah, that's the rest of their preseason schedule. Then week one, you have Atlanta. Uh, I, I'm i already chalking that one up as a loss, even though it's at home. I'm um, not even going <clears> to. <throat> oh, man. what's There's only three games that I can watch this year anyway, and I don't even know if I'm going to watch those. Because <laughs> we either have, I think we have a Monday night, a Sunday night, and a Thursday night, all like the three division matchups, and then the rest are first game of the day. Uh, let and me see here. And that's 10 a.m. for me, so I'm at church, so I'm not even going to watch it anyway. Gotcha. Um, yeah, you have week four Thursday night against uh, Green Bay. Uh, then week five is Monday night against Minnesota. And then let's see here. Uh, week 15 is a later game against Detroit, and that's on Saturday. Oh, that's right, yeah. 
But yeah, everything so, yeah. every every other game is uh noon on Sunday unless, you know, for some reason they would get into a playoff hunt and they would change it to a primetime game, but I highly doubt that's going to happen. Yeah, I definitely that will not happen. No. So we got a pretty boring schedule this year. Yeah. Um Atlanta you start off with Atlanta and Tampa Bay, then you have Pittsburgh and Green Bay, then Minnesota and Baltimore, Carolina and New Orleans to top off the first half of your season. So right there you're looking at maybe one or two wins. Yeah, I'm gonna say two and six. Because if we, we I don't we can get Baltimore <clears throat> if Flacco's still out. Say so you can, I think they can be Baltimore. If Carolina hasn't picked up from last year, they could beat them. Um, I'm not sure about New Orleans, but I don't think they can beat Green Bay. No, I don't think I don't know, but I don't think they can beat Minnesota because Vikings seem to find ways to beat them. Yeah, and then there's I don't think you're beating Atlanta. You showed last year you can't beat Tampa Bay, and I think the Steelers will just manhandle them. Yeah, I mean the Bucks are going to be good regardless this year. I think anyway. I I told someone the other day. I said unless you have more than five wins by the bye week, just let Trubisky start the second half of the season. Yeah, and get and get him that experience going into next year, so he's ready to go. Because let's say you do win two games, you're two and six. Then let's say by some miracle of God that Trubisky just goes on a tear. And you win the final eight games of the season. You finish ten and six. You might just work yourself into a playoff spot. Again, I don't think it'll happen. But no. it's just interesting to think about. I'd love to see it where Trubisky goes out and has better season than Glennon does. Because then at least you know what you have to build on for the next couple of years. Yeah. And I Okay. Is this too much of the second half of the season? Glennon starts the first half of the game. Trubisky starts the second half of the game. Or is uh, that just completely ridiculous? Wait, for what? Like, okay, the second half of the season. So week 10? Yeah. Glennon's not doing great. They're like, they're three and five or whatever. And Trubisky's maybe not ready to start every game. So Glennon starts the first half of the game and then Trubisky comes in after the halftime after halftime and starts the second half of the game. Nah, that's that's asking, that's just trying to do too much with that. You either you're either giving him the starting job or you're not. You're either okay. you're either gonna if you're three and five at the bye week, you're either gonna start him to get him experience to go into next year, or you're just gonna keep him sit so he st- stays healthy at least and then have him keep watching. And see if he can develop through that. It just kind of depends on how you feel. If you're three and five because Glennon sucks and the offense can't do anything, you're going Trubisky. If you're three and five because the defense isn't making plays and the offense is doing its job, then they'll probably stick with Glennon and try to make some changes defensively. That's fair. But uh, I've I feel like I wouldn't I've also, I've also said I wouldn't be surprised. After that first preseason game, if like if Trubisky keeps going the way he is and Glennon keeps underperforming, I wouldn't be surprised to see Trubisky start week one, but I don't think that goes with the plan that they've established from the beginning. Now, Which, John Fox has been pretty steadfast that from day one that Glennon's the starter. Yeah, and it's the same thing with Ryan Pace. The whole organization has said from the beginning, uh, Glennon's our starter, and it's because they wanted to have that just – learning period for Trubisky. Now, obviously, he's picking up really fast on it, and he's looking really well, and he's doing a good job. Uh, I know today in practice he got reps with the first-team offense against the first-team defense, and apparently he looked really good. Ooh. And he also had reps with the second-team offense against the first-team defense and st- also still looked really good. So nice. I, th- I think this kid can can keep growing and getting better. But I just yeah. I just don't think you throw him to the wolves right at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and you got to think, like, <clears throat> the Bears are basically doing what the Cubs did. Yeah. Of just having a few good veterans 
and then a bunch of young guys yep. that they build up. The only problem is with football, you don't have a farm system for them to get that major the major league experience first before they get pulled up. Right. So you go from you know college starting only your senior year of college to starting in the NFL like that's a huge jump. So even if Trubisky, even if Glennon's doing bad and maybe Trubisky's ready to start, like I think yeah, you still gotta keep him out as like a quote unquote like farm system, farm league team like right. they do in baseball. Right. I I I know people that are Bears fans probably won't like me to make this comparison, but I'd like to look at it like the Green Bay Packers. Now the Packers. As much as I don't like them, they have done the system correctly. You had your established veteran, Brett Favre. Now, I'm not comparing Mike Glennon to Brett Favre, but Glennon has been in the league for a few years now, and he's a smart guy. He knows what he's talking about. He knows how to play the game. He knows how to learn an NFL playbook, and he's he's at least a veteran. It's the same thing with Mark Sanchez. That's why they brought both those guys in, because Sanchez was a big part in helping develop Dak Prescott. And that worked out pretty well mm. for the Cowboys. Yeah. So I understand that part of it. And then you have your young guy with Trubisky akin to Aaron Rodgers. Now, Rodgers sat for like three years before Green Bay gave him the nod and basically pushed Favre out. Yeah, but that's because you don't push out Brett Favre. Like, we could easily just say, all right, Glennon, your time's up. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we're really only attached to Glennon for one year. He's got one yeah. year of guaranteed money, and then after that, if like the whole the whole thing with his contract was, we need him for a, at least one year. If Trubisky shows that he's the guy, we can tell my we can put Mike in as either backup or if he's not happy with that, we can just release him and then go with someone else and right. go go get a different backup. But. And I think that's probably what will end up happening. But there was also that yeah. safety net of let's give it another couple of years in case we need a couple more years with Mitch to get him developed. But I think I think he'll start at some point this year. Yeah, it's looking like it. I mean, if he's taking snaps with the first team and looking solid, I mean, he's only going to get better. Yeah. I mean, you just, you just got to keep giving the kid reps. At this, and I feel like that's just how he is as a player. That's how he was at North Carolina. You just kept giving him the reps with the first team and letting him get comfortable with guys, and he's going to be able to pick everything up and move quickly. And I feel like it's going to be the same thing with the NFL. Like he's already, like I, like I said in the first preseason game, he already looked like an NFL quarterback. He didn't look like he was flustered. He wasn't frustrated with anything that didn't go his way. He was able to work through his progressions really quickly, find open receivers, put up the ball in the best place for him. Uh, he had two drops that were uh, maybe a little, maybe thrown a little bit out of reach, but it, my rule has always been if it hits you in the hands, you should catch it. And he in had the one, NFL, definitely, yeah. yeah. And, he, and he had one drop that was in the end zone, which led to three points instead of being seven. Yeah. Which, I mean, doesn't really make a difference at the end of the day because you still lose. But yeah, That's another touchdown for Trubisky. Yeah. It's another touchdown for him. But no, he, he, never, he never really showed frustration. Uh, showed great poise in the pocket. His, God, his arm is just incredible. The windows he was throwing the balls into, I just couldn't believe sometimes. <laughs> and the, he was putting them on a dime. He was putting the ball where only his receiver could get it. Like... It, basically everything like I covered in the scouting report for him when we did the draft report, mm-hmm. like it w- it's been spot on so far. And again, the biggest knock against him is that he's not that comfortable taking snaps under center. But that was something he worked on from day one of training camp, because the first day I think he had like four or five fumbled snaps. And yeah. right after that practice, and then before the practice the next day, he's just sitting there taking snaps from the center, like like the entire time before and after practice is done. So like he understands like, okay, I got to work on this, this, and this. I'm going to work on that and get better because I'm trying to at least help the team win. And he's stuck with the narrative too, that he doesn't think he's going to be the starter. But I, 
I think there's at least a part of him that knows that at some point he's going to get the call. Yeah. And he's always going to have that, like, for the rest of his career, as long as he's on the Bears, he's going to have the fact hanging over his head that the Bears gave up a lot for him to move up one spot. Yep. And so he's got a lot to prove. Yes, he does, but I think... I think he's one of those guys that's ready for the challenge. Like every every interview I've seen with him, anytime like he talks with the media, he just gives off that, you know, I'm I want to help, I'm ready to help, and I'm doing everything I can to get ready, but I know it's not my time yet. I know it's mm. I know it's I know it's Mike's team and you know the coaches are going to make are going to make their decisions. I'm ready when they need me, but for right now I know I need to just sit and wait but keep progressing and keep getting better every day. And I love that attitude with the kid. Like he's, he's doing he's doing everything the right way. Yeah. So. He's looking pretty good. Yep. <sighs> the only the only real uh, bad spots I saw for the Bears were uh, Mike Glennon, because he just played like hot garbage. Well, that's nice to have out of a starting quarterback. Yeah. Go you on. Go. Uh, and then your third string defense played like absolute crap. The third string? The third string defense. The first string defense, mm. The fr- I mean, you look at the first, um, basically the first two strings of defense, they only gave up uh, three points. That's, yeah. Because you have, I mean, the, that's pick, good. You have the, you have the pick six, which isn't on them. And then you have the two touchdowns late that were given up by guys that aren't going to make the roster. Or guys that are going to play on special teams during the regular season. Yeah. Because you have a touchdown pass where neither one of your safeties went to go cover deep. Because I guess there was miscommunication on who was supposed to play center field, basically. Or who was supposed to go with the guy moving down the field. And no, that's, that basically gets you cut. You you yeah. can't you can't just let a guy run untouched downfield like no, that was the other thing no one touched him he moved off the line down down straight the center of the field no one touched him I mean you don't you don't <sighs> have to be a good quarterback to hit that guy yeah but I mean if it's the third string defense all right I mean even if it's the third string you're still expected to at least make a play do the basics. If you're not going to do that, then you're not going to be on the team. And True. Like, and then with the second touchdown they gave up late, that was on a draw play to the running back in which no safety came up to provide run support. You had you had your front four that got uh, blocked pretty well. Like, I'll give Denver credit. They blocked well on the play and, offer, and gave the running back a hole. And then the next level linebackers and the secondary didn't do much for run support. So there's, I mean, really, if your only real real dark spots in your team right now are your third-string defensive guys who probably aren't going to make the team anyway, that's not bad. Yeah. The only real bad thing I saw was, again, Mike Glennon. That's the only part that scares me because that's your guy that's supposed to be your starter for at least the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. It's a bit worrisome. Yep. And apparently he came out in practice today and started off really well, but then he also threw a pick six. I mean, this it, everything that I didn't like about Mike Glennon is has basically been shown to me in the last few days. He's just inconsistent. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't have a whole lot of oomph in his throws sometimes. Like the pick six he threw against Denver, he just kind of floated that one up there. It didn't really seem like it was going toward anybody, but it ended up in the arms of the defender. And ah, yeah. And I and I hate to I hate to use this as an excuse, but the guy just looks weird. <laughs> like I'm sorry, I can't get past it. The fact that he looks so much like Napoleon Dynamite. No, I it, know. Yeah, oh, it's just weird. Like. I can't believe this guy is a starting quarterback in the NFL. I can't believe he was an early draft pick in the NFL, and I can't believe like 
he started a bunch of games, but then he got replaced by Jameis Winston, which he absolutely should have. He looks like a bobblehead with his helmet and he pads re- on. He really does. Like, I, I, I can't get past it. And I know I should, but I just can't. But yeah, that's my that's my take on the Bears preseason game and kind of their quarterback quote controversy. Yeah. I don't think it's really a controversy yet, but we'll see if Trubisky steps up in the next couple games. Well, I am looking forward to the days when Trubisky is the starter. I am as well. I I think it's going to be f- at least fun football to watch. Yeah, it's just a waiting game right now. Yep. Which we we as Bears fans know that we we weren't going to really do anything this year. We weren't expecting much. No, I if, yeah. If we make the playoffs, it'll be a miracle. But I don't foresee that happening. If we get even third in our division, it would be a miracle. Yes, if we don't finish last, it would be awesome. Yeah. We'll consider that a success. <laughs> if we're not last, if we <laughs> if we don't suck the most out of the rest of our division, which includes Detroit and Minnesota. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, it's well, just <laughs> What other NFL news should we talk about? Um the Bills have gone draft or trade crazy. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, um they made a couple big moves for themselves. Uh they started off by trading Sammy Watkins, their star wide receiver to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh and I'm getting ready to look up now who they traded for. Which I was Okay, so we have our fantasy draft today. <clears throat> yes, we do. Which Watkins is like a good receiver and on that Bills team with Tyrod Taylor throwing to him, like that's a good option at wide receiver. But now if he's on the Rams, like that drops his stock a lot. I don't think it really drops him that much because right now he's the number one receiver for the Rams. Like they don't really have another option. Yeah, but and it's just defenses gonna take, are going to know that. Well, it's going to just take him some time to get acclimated to the system. Um, and if it's and if it's but it, it was going to be the same thing with Buffalo too. Like the Buffalo doesn't really have another really good receiver. At least not as of right now. They do. They did draft uh, Zay Jones this year, who's oh he was who was good in college, but you don't know how he's going to pan out in, at the next level. Yeah. Let's well, see. Um, so Sammy Watkins was traded to the Los Angeles Rams along with a 2018 sixth round pick in exchange for cornerback EJ Gaines and a 2018 second round pick. So that's an all right move for both teams. I mean, it works. Uh, Los Angeles gets a big offensive weapon and uh, and another pick next year. Granted, it's in the sixth round, but still another pick. And yeah. then uh, Buffalo gets a pretty solid corner in EJ Gaines. He's not. He's probably going to be more their uh, number two corner or their nickel back. He won't be their star. He won't be their main guy. And then they get a 2018 second round pick which is really good for them and gives them two nec- two second-round picks next year. Mm-hmm. And now you move to – and then they made another trade, this one with the Philadelphia Eagles. And this time they're basically replacing Sammy Watkins with Jordan Matthews. Yeah. Who but, was Who's one of Carson Wentz's, like, biggest targets. Yeah, he was, and, so, he was solid last year. Yeah, he's, he's a very – he's a good, solid kid. Uh, has some problems with some drops every once in a while. But still plays the game really well. Uh, really fluid in a lot of his routes. Can go up and get the ball when you need him to. And I was kind of surprised to see Philadelphia let him go because, I mean, they, I know they have Alshon Jeffrey now, but with his injury history, I'd kind of think you'd want to hold on to Matthews. Right, yeah. So the Bills in that one... Um, acquired Jordan Matthews and a 2018 third-round pick from the Eagles for cornerback Ronald Darby. Okay. I don't really know that name, but yeah. Well, Ronald Darby uh, has starred for the Bills at corner the last couple years, so now the Eagles get uh, a good starting corner for them, which they've 
needed the last couple of years, and I think they have their guy for a while now. And then, again, the Bills replace Sammy Watkins with Jordan Matthews, and then they also get that third-round pick. So they now have two picks in the third round as well next year. So here's right now is the Bills' draft setup. You have two picks in the first round, two picks in the second round, and two picks in the third round. That's pretty solid. The Bills are basically getting ready to rebuild through the draft. Yeah, essentially. And they've already got a a solid base to build on. Yes, they do. Um, I don't know if that includes Tyrod Taylor and the long-term plans, but we'll we'll see what happens. He was... Weren't they trying to kick him out last year? There was talks of it because he was Rex Ryan's guy, and since Rex got fired, um, they weren't really that high on him. But Sean McDermott, I mean, Sean McDermott's the new head coach. He doesn't. He's he's all right with him. He's going to start this year. But they also drafted Nathan Peterman, so I don't know if they're going to look to groom Peterman to become the starter for the long term, or what the deal is with that. I think this will kind of be a kind of a prove it year for Tyrod Taylor. Just yeah. kind of just go out there and play your best. If you go out there and you win us some games, we'll keep you on. If you don't, then you're out of here. But the Bills, uh, and we talked about it on an earlier episode, they fi- they fired their head coach and they hired Sean McDermott, who was the former defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. And then after the draft, they fired their general manager, which – I still think is one of the weirdest moves that I've seen this NFL offseason. Yeah. To fire your GM after the draft. Now, their logic behind it was, I guess, okay, because they kind of decided they wanted to go their separate ways with him, but you didn't want to fire him this like so close to the draft because then you don't give the new guy enough time to do research. But yeah, they, fi- they fired their GM and their entire scouting department the day after the draft. So now basically like you have your new guy, uh, your new GM coming in with his new scouting department, and they're and he's basically getting them set up. He goes, all right, you're going to have six picks in the first three rounds. Let's make them count. Yeah, that was a little crazy. It, it, it was, but... I mean, I, I kind of like the move. It's bold. It is, and, yeah. And I think there's going to be a lot of good talent in next year's draft, so might as well go for it and see what you can get. If nothing else, you can use those picks you got now and make some trades and see if you can't get some guys that are already established over to your team and get them set in. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, there's not much else, right? Yeah, I don't really have much else. Um, I'm just I'm happy football's back. Yeah, it was me nice, too. It, it's been nice to watch football again. Yeah, I'll be I'll be really excited when I get to watch football that matters again. <laughs> that is true. Uh, what is it like? Four weeks now? Four weeks, unless you're Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, that's that... ten weeks. Oh yeah, should we talk about that a little bit? A little bit. I think All it's right. a bit extreme. All right, so. Uh, for those of you who are not aware, Ezekiel Elliott, the running back for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, was handed his suspension from the NFL. It was six games. Which is a third of the season. It Yeah, basically a third of the season. Um, <laughs> so a lot of people kind of were up in arms about this because previous suspensions for... Uh, he was also suspended for uh, domestic violence against uh, his ex-girlfriend who was at Ohio State and... Uh, also for pulling a woman's top down at a St. Patrick's Day parade in Dallas. Uh, and apparently, according to a few, and also uh, regarding a few other incidents, uh, I actually read the letter that the NFL sent to him. And they didn't go into specifics on a lot of the events because they've already talked about it with his attorneys and whatnot yeah. and, his, and his union rep. So he, he knows exactly the incidents he's talking, they're talking about. But there were like four or five incidents that basically went into the decision. That's why it's so high. Most guys, it's just like, oh, it's one incident with a girlfriend or an ex-girlfriend or some, something along those lines. And that's why you get like a 
four-game suspension, then you appeal it, it goes down to a two-game suspension. Or then you get a guy like Josh Brown, who was the kicker for the Giants, who basically admitted to beating his wife over 20 times and got a one-game suspension. So, yeah, I understood the penalty behind it. What I don't understand is the NFL's lack of consistency on punishment towards players. Yeah, that like, needs to get a lot better. Like you have you have the system with uh, no uh, failed drug test. Uh, your first offense is a four game suspension. You can appeal it, which everyone does, and it usually goes down to a two game suspension. Then after that, you're suspended for eight games, and you can appeal that. But usually players don't win that appeal because it's their second offense. And then your third offense, you're basically banned from the NFL. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a good system that the NFL has had in place. It's established. It's now been proven through guys like Josh Gordon. And it just seems like with the domestic violence issue that there's no consistency with the punishment. And I really think you need to get some consistency with it. Because it's a recurring issue with NFL players. And it has been for a long time. Now, we only know about some recent things because, you know, social media and all that kind of stuff comes out. People find out about it a lot easier now. But it's been a thing with with the NFL for years and years and years. I think for a long time the NFL just kind of swept it under the rug because it wasn't a directly related to football issue. Now you have a lot of people stepping up against it. I, Me personally, I feel like the NFL needs to be kind of harsher on this because this is a group of very strong guys that are being overly physical with women. Yeah, and that's uh, not good. Yeah, it's, it's a serious issue. And I've talked to people that – I've talked to people basically with both sides of the issue where some of them think – Oh, you know, it's it's their personal life, so it shouldn't affect their, it shouldn't really affect their uh, work or their career, basically. So I suspend them like two games. Then I've talked to people that think first offense, they're done for the season, and I think that's way harsh. Yeah, that's a lot. I think six is pretty good, and I like that it's six games without pay. Because I feel like that's I feel like that's a pretty good set punishment. Yeah, you should only get paid if you play. Yeah. I've always said, like, if guys get suspended, it should be without pay. Like, that should be part of your punishment. You should yeah. receive a paycheck if you're not going to play the game. Yeah, that should be a given. Yeah. Which isn't always the case in the NFL. I don't know why, but that's decisions I'm not allowed to make. But, I, I mean, I don't know really where I fall on it. Because I don't want to say it's too harsh. Because it is six games without pay, and he did... No, there were several incidents with him. Yeah, I didn't realize there were so many things going on. But at the same time, I don't want to say it's not harsh enough. Because it is... I mean, it's... it's a, I, I, I just feel like it's pretty... It's as uh, I feel like it's about the best the NFL is going to do. Now, he's going to... He's going to submit his appeal, I don't know how, I don't know if his appeal will get down to make, bring his punishment down to three or four games or what it's going to do. I'm kind of serious. I'm kind of curious to see how the NFL does that, but I don't think, I don't think they'll drop it down to two or three games. I think at the, I think at the least they'll do four. Yeah. I think if, if they drop it down at all. Yeah. I bet they drop it to four. And I don't, I don't know. I've this, I just feel like this is something the NFL really needs to address because it's just it's it's starting to become a more common issue with younger and younger players. I think you need to have I think you need to just have guys that have been through it before talk to your younger guys and just be like, hey, no, and even before they get the NFL, have them go talk to college players. No, just you need to start if you want good if you want people that don't beat women in the NFL, you need to start putting them in a culture where they don't feel like they have to be that guy. 
Yeah. All right. Exactly. So that's yeah. That's my that's my view on that. Yeah. So NFL players stop hitting women. Just and just maybe you, everybody in general. You get, well, not everybody because you get paid to hit people basically, but only the, hit people that are wearing helmets and shoulder pads. No, I meant like just everybody stop hitting women. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> that. Yeah, everyone yes, that. stop, stop, stop hitting women. Stop, just stop. This should just be a given. Oh my god, the, yeah, you you would think the, yeah. There's there's a lot of things in this world that should be givens that are not. Yeah. Uh, well, Dylan, I think we can wrap this up. All right. Uh, so we've covered a little everything today. We covered sports. We covered some politics. We covered not beating women. Yep. Yeah. And Dan was on sabbatical. Dan's on sabbatical for a little bit. Uh, So, yeah, Uh, I know Dan said it earlier, but if you have any questions, comments or concerns, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at the Shakedown Pod. You can email us at the Shakedown Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find our episodes on the website Dark Nebula Entertainment under the Shakedown Podcast tab. Um, Dylan, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, tune in next week for, also like Dan said, our surprise. Yes, we have a big surprise next week. It's going to yes. be great. We're uh, all super excited about it. I am pretty excited about it, yeah. Yeah, uh, this is all pretty sweet. Dan. Yes. Which, don't tell him I said that though. <laughs> how's he gonna find out uh, i don't know uh well yeah so that's it for this week guys thank you for listening and if you'd like go over and rate and review us on itunes um give us a good review and whatever star amount you're gonna give us just add five and then hit that <laughs> um so since dan is not here to stop me i am your one true host austin stevens And I'm your recurring character, Dylan Webster. And this has been The Shakedown. (laughs) 